Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always glad that you are taking time to spend some time and just really learn more and more about who you truly are, how remarkable you are, and that God really has a reason why he created you. And I'm glad that you're taking the time to really get just get some good information about how to heal from past things, how to do your relationships better. So I always want to encourage you to take advantage of the website that has all of the shows listed on that, and, and they have titles so you, you can know which ones you want to listen to. And we usually do a topic of the week. And so you'll see about five shows all within one one topic. And so this week we are really talking about unleashing potential. We are talking about the whole idea of how just really how well you are made. You know, stop trying so hard. You know, this is stop playing it safe, these types of things. And so I really want to take some time today and just give you some encouragement and really talk about your true potential as a seed. And I'm going to tell you about some famous people that started very late in life and some very famous people that, that also at their first attempt, it failed, completely failed, and they kept trying. So remember, we are God's handiwork, and we really are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that's Ephesians 2.10. This verse always encourages me. When I read about, I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So this isn't him figuring out as we go along. And him saying, well, she didn't seem to do that very well, so I'll take that one off the table. I'll try to find another one I want her to do. He wrote that into the DNA of who I am. And I can trust it, even if it doesn't always show up. I don't always have great days. Every day is not a, you know, a Super Bowl day. But I can trust what he has written into the very fabric of my being and that he is working overtime on making sure that manifests and that the world is able to take advantage of it. And that I do my one little teeny piece, my infinitesimal part of changing his world. So God created everything with potential, including you. But like we talked about yesterday, potential is dormant. It's a dormant ability. It's reserved power. It's untapped strength. It's unused success. It's hidden talents. It's capped capability. Potential is all you can be, but have not yet become. It's all you can do, but not yet have done. So there's some powerful keys that we've talked about in the last couple days about releasing your potential. God designed you to function with faith and love, and it's difficult for your potential to be released without a combination of faith and love. So whatever purpose God has created for you, 
He also gave you the potential to fulfill it. Isn't that amazing? He's not just giving you an idea and then saying, well, I hope, I hope you can pull it off, Cynthia, right? He's saying that he created me to do something and he's given me the potential to fulfill it. So your potential is equal to the assignment. And God provides abundant material and physical resources to sustain and maintain your life. And so these resources were created to be to live on and with, but never for. So we don't live for the resources or for whatever we think the goal is. We're supposed to live with them and have them really give us what we need to live on. And that releases. See, work is a major key to releasing your potential. Potential must be exercised and demands made on it. Otherwise, the potential just remains a potential. So it needs to be exercised. You need to require something of it. And to release your true potential, obviously you must be willing to work. See, potential is like a seed. It's a buried ability and hidden power that needs to be cultivated. So find your potential. And sometimes we find it with the fertilizer of positive company. We give it the environment of encouragement. We pour out the water of the word of God. We bathe it in the sunshine of personal prayer. See, God called your potential your treasure. It's something to be valued and guarded from sin, discouragement, procrastination, distractions, and compromises. True potential in life is not what is accomplished, but who benefits from it. I'm going to say that to you one more time. True potential in anyone's life is not about what is accomplished. It's about how the world benefits from it. Your deposit, potential is like a deposit. It's given to you to enrich and inspire the lives of others. So here's the best news. It's never too late. I mean, you may be thinking, well, the window of opportunity is closed. I'm a has-been or I'm a wannabe. Hey, maybe you're just a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. I really am. And that, that's always been interesting when I look on my life at how long it took me to get to where I needed to be. So look at how many famous people in the Bible are late bloomers. Noah, he was 400 years old. Abraham, <laughs> I mean, how about Sarah? She's in her 80s and has her first baby, right? So the, this is, you know, God is no respecter of time. He, he knows exactly what he's doing when he's going to do it. So how about this? I'm going to tell you about some, some really famous people that didn't make it until way later in life. And so imagine, you know, reaching a point in your life where you look back over the years and deeply regretted not having done something you wholeheartedly wanted to do. Nobody, none of us like regrets. And now imagine the reasons. You know, did you not pursue your dream goal because you put yourself second or third to everything and everyone else in your life? Or maybe it was because you were afraid to try it. Maybe you didn't feel like you were good enough. Or maybe you wanted to make it immediately. You know, it might have been. Think of that, quote unquote. It might have been. That's a sad commentary. 
to describe a life. And I don't want that to describe yours. That makes it a life lived without any personal fulfillment. And unfortunately, those words many times become prophetic for whatever reason, if you're not nourishing potential. And what's sadder still is never even having tried because you felt like a certain age that it was too late for your success somehow or your dreams should have some kind of an age limit. Okay, so let me, let me talk about a couple of people here. Here's some people who kept trying. So F. Murray Abraham. You may not have heard of him, but he is quite famous. Got his first decent screen role as an actor when he was 45. And the role was in the movie Amadeus, and he won an Academy Award for this brilliant portrayal of Antonio Salieri. He had thought of giving up acting just two years before. Thankfully, he didn't. He was done with acting. He had tried and tried and tried. He was 43 years old. He said, forget it, I give up. I quit. And he went on to play Amadeus and won an Academy Award. How about Andrea Bocelli? Didn't start singing opera seriously until the age of 34. And he had so many experts that told him it was too late to begin. Andre Bucelli, I mean, that voice is like, it brings tears to my eyes every time I hear him. How about Phyllis Diller? She became a comedian at the age of 37. And she was told by so many club members that she was way too old to become a success. And then we have another one, Stan Lee. He's the creator of Spider-Man and was 43 when he began drawing this legendary superhero. And his partner, Jack Kirby, was 44 when he created the Fantastic Four. How about Julia Child? This, this really makes me laugh. This gives me hope, actually. Julia Child didn't even learn to cook until she was almost 40 and didn't launch her popular show until she was 50 years old. Maybe there's still hope for me to learn to cook. <laughs> so how about Elizabeth Jolly? Had her first novel published, published at the age of 56. In one year alone, she received 39 rejection letters. But finally, had 15 novels, four short story collections published to great success. And Mary Wesley was 71 when her first novel was published. How about this guy? Maybe you've heard of this guy. Ricardo Montalban had his dream house built at age 68. That's when he was finally financially able to do so. 68. This is a famous one. Laura Ingalls Wilder began writing as a columnist in her 40s. And contrary to a belief begun by the TV series about her family, the popular, you know, that show Little House on the Prairie, those books weren't written when she was a young girl at all. They were written and published when she was in her 60s. All of these people were discouraged at times and afraid. You know, being human, they thought about giving up, but they didn't. They kept their dreams alive and continued to strive for what they wanted. They didn't assign an age. They did not assign age limits to their dreams, and neither should you. 
If, as John Greenleaf Whittier says, the saddest words are, it might have been. The next saddest words, I should have tried. So trying is in itself a form of succeeding. Succeed at valuing yourself enough to try. God created you for a reason. There's a very specific reason. Nobody's happenstance. Everyone was designed and thought of. And God was in the mix. He knows exactly the ingredients he put in you and what he's doing. So let's look at some more people who failed at their first attempt at career success. I, li- I really like reading about these people because it gives me great encouragement. Okay, so this post, 50 Famously Successful People Who Failed at First. I love this post. And this was done by Katina Solomon. And I, and I really like what she did because she talks about people that come from all walks of life. But they share one characteristic in common. That is the commitment to their own success. And so here we go. I'm not going to read all 50 of them. But I, I liked some of the people that, that, that really showed up on this list. I mean, it's really quite amazing. So these people, we remember, were faced with numerous obstacles that forced them to work harder and show more determination. So next time you, you know, kind of feel down about your failures in college or in your career, you didn't go to college or you have a, you know, have a failed relationship or, you know, you lost a lot of money, you made a bad choice somewhere and you have legal issues, whatever it is, okay? You have one life, one life. So I want you to keep some of these people in mind that we have talked about today and understand that you only have one life and then you're going to be in heaven. And so this is the time to just try and fail because it's not going to be our eternity. This is the time to really take risks. No holds bar. What have I got to lose? Okay. And to really think about making it count. That's how you really honor God is you make it count. Not being horribly, wonderfully successful in the world's eyes, but wonderfully successful in God's eyes. So let's look at a couple of these business gurus. How about Henry Ford? You've probably heard this story, but he is known for his innovative assembly line and the American-made cars, and he was not an instant success. In fact, his early businesses failed and left him broke five times before he founded the successful Ford Motor Company. So think about this. Nobody talks about those five failures that left him broke. How do you think his family felt about him? Do you think his family was happy with him? I mean, I wonder if there was anyone that was standing by him and saying, hey, go for it one more time, Henry. I think you got a good thing going here. I don't know. But he kept trying. He knew in himself he had that gut feeling. How about R.H. Macy? One of my favorite department stores. Most people are really familiar with it. But Macy's didn't always have it easy. Macy, he started and failed seven times before finally hitting it big with his store in New York City. Seven times. How about the man that that created Honda? The billion-dollar business that is Honda started with so many failures and then a fortunate turn of luck. Honda was turned down by Toyota 
by Toyota Motor Corporation for a job after interviewing for a job as an engineer, and it left him jobless for quite a while, quite some time. So he started making scooters of his own at home, and spurred on by his neighbors, he finally started his own business. This is what's always so amazing when we think about potential and the power of a seed. And think about what that seed has to do. It has to break out of that hard shell. So I don't know how painful that is. But the potential is in that seed, that hard covering over the seed. It has to break open and then it has to burrow through dirt only to come up above the earth and then hope that there's water and light and that nobody steps on it, right? How about Bill Gates? Gates didn't seem like a shoo-in for success. He got dropped. He, he dropped out of Harvard. He started and failed his first business with Microsoft. But while this earlier idea didn't work, because he tried with the co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen, and it was called Trafodata, I believe, Trafodata. Well, anyways, it didn't work initially, but Gates' later work did, and it created the global empire of Microsoft. So he's failing amongst his peers. He's still, he's married, he has children, and he's failing. He dropped out of Harvard. How about this? Harlan da uh, David Sanders, perhaps better known as Colonel Sanders, right? Kentucky Fried Chicken, still going today. I remember when I was a kid, every Sunday we would have Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was a long time ago. So Sanders had a hard time selling his chicken at first. And in fact, his famous secret chicken recipe was rejected. You're not going to believe this. Rejected 1,009 times before a restaurant accepted it. Talk about tenacity. 1,009 times he was rejected. See, you have to think that was meaningful to him because he counted them. He didn't just say it was like hundreds of times. He knew the number 1,009 times he was rejected. So what about Walt Disney? See, today, Disney ranks in the billions for merchandise. Movies, theme parks, all around the world. But Walt Disney had a really rough start. He was fired by a newspaper editor because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Is that so funny? This is what I want you to think about this. Do you have something burning in you, burning in your gut, in your heart, and every, nobody else sees it? And they all tell you that you don't know what you're talking about? This is Walt Disney. He was fired and told he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. That's amazing. So after that, Disney, he, Walt Disney, he started a number of businesses, didn't last too long, ended in bankruptcy and failure, but he kept plugging along and he eventually found the recipe for success. He eventually found the seed that God had planted in him, and he worked it, and look what it became. So how about scientists and thinkers, okay? So, you know, these are people that we regard so, so many times as the greatest minds of all, but they have had to face great obstacles as well, and ridicule from their peers and animosity from society. And you would think the greatest scientists and thinkers would know how to work some of this. So let's talk about one of the most famous ones, Albert Einstein. 
See, most of us take Einstein's name as being synonymous with genius, but he didn't always show such promise. In fact, Einstein could not speak until he was four, and he didn't read until he was seven. So <laughs> sometimes I'm amazed at this. I want you to know that all his teachers and parents thought he was mentally handicapped. Einstein. They thought he was slow and antisocial. And he was expelled from school. He was refused admittance to Zurich Polytechnic School. Now, it might have taken Einstein a bit longer, but most people would agree. I'm, I think we would all agree that he caught up pretty well in the end. He's, he won the Nobel Prize and changed the face of modern physics. And when he was four, everybody thought he was mentally handicapped and slow and antisocial. So these things are amazing. Let's think about Isaac Newton. He was undoubtedly a genius when it came to math. But he really did have some failings early on. And he didn't do particularly well in school. And when he was put in charge of running the family farm, he failed miserably, so poorly, in fact, that an uncle took charge and sent him off to Cambridge, where he finally blossomed into the scholar we know today. And there are stories after stories of people that know they know that there's something in them, but they're not always seen from the outside. And sometimes I think maybe God does that on purpose. You know, people just don't see who we are. And, you know, we've done that whole week on the God who sees me and how important it is to be seen. So I really want you to understand that these people, these greats, the greats of our society and history, were not seen. But they knew there was something in them that was different. And you have something in you that is different because you are unique. You don't have to make it be spectacular. It might be spectacular in its own right, but it's going to be you. How about, how about Socrates? Now, Socrates is amazing. So despite leaving no written records behind, Socrates left no written records. He's regarded as one of the greatest philosophers of the, of the classical era. He had all these new ideas. And in his own time, he was called an, an immoral corruptor, corruptor of youth. His new ideas, he was in an immoral corruptor of youth and was sentenced to death. But Socrates didn't let this stop. He didn't let it stop him. And he kept right on teaching up until he was forced to poison himself. And we have inventors like Thomas Edison and Orville and Wilbur Wright. How about Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln? Oprah Winfrey? She had so many horribly, had such an abusive childhood and numerous career setbacks. She was fired from her job as a television reporter because she was, quote-unquote, unfit for TV. So you're in good company if you think that, wow, I think I've got something, but nobody sees it. So we could go on through Hollywood. Jerry Seinfeld, same thing. Fred Astaire, Sidney Poitier, his first audition, he was told that why don't you stop wasting people's time and go out and become a dishwasher? That's what he was told on his first audition. So you have more than you understand, more than you realize inside of you. You are worth a great, you are a great prize to God. So I want you to really take this to heart. 
And when we talk about potential, and we talk about you have your own footprint, your own fingerprint that you leave on this earth that nobody else can leave. So God bless you. Join me tomorrow. And we're going to talk about stop trying so hard. You're worth so much more than you think. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah, be-